On this episode, we discuss costume malfunctions and the morality of a clone army. You must unlearn what you have learned. Remember, a Jedi can feel the Force flowing through him. In between it all, balance. Welcome to Voice of the Wills. This is where the fun begins. You are right back in the mess. Keep your concentration here and now where it belongs. All this, as the Force wills it. Just when you think you understand the Force, you find out how little you actually know. I may fail, you may fail, but there is no try. We would be honored if you would join us. Alright, welcome to Voice of the Wills once again. I'm Matt Almuccio, and I am here as always with Elena Source. Elena, what's going on? What's up, my dudes? How are we making out, okay? Doing good. Good, Given good, the good. circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> well, the plus size is we've been able to do a few more recordings, so that's kind of nice. I know, um, we're all hanging out more often than normal. So great. <laughs> And we've got uh, Albert. Albert, how you doing, bud? Hello there. I am doing fine. W- which voice are we doing now? <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's always different. <laughs> it's a tired Kenobi. It's, it's, tired. Tired. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, it's been a while, Anakin. I'm not in the mood for this today. And Ronnie Clark, how you doing, Ronnie? I'm good, man. Feeling out of time and space, but I'm here. It's all weird. And uh, with this is a very special guest today, which is um, Carla. Carla, how you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? I'm good. I was I was about to say your last name, and then I realized that I don't think I've ever said it before. And so I was like, I could pronounce it with an Italian accent. I could pronounce it also. So how do you? How would you say it? Uh, I always pronounce it as Jackalone. But so no, okay, there you go. If you want to get real Italian, I guess uh, Giacalone. Giacalone. <laughs> and, and, you, and you throw the hands up. <laughs> Boppity boopity. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. And she joins us from um, her podcast. Do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast and then we can Give get right perk. into the topic? Sure. So I'm part of um, WSTR Galactic Public Access. Um, it's actually a podcast, um, Star Wars podcast based out of Chicago. Um, so on there, um, we have Todd, Aaron, and Heather, and JD. Um, so each week uh, we get together, we discuss um, different topics, you know, about Star Wars. Sometimes we have guests on from other podcasts or um, just, you know, friends, um, friends that we have and uh it's it's fun. It's you know, it's I met them um I actually met them at Celebration um in Chicago when when we went and uh I was a guest a couple of times and then they were like, Hey, do you wanna be like a permanent resident with us? So I was like, <laughs> Yeah, sure, why not? Nice. And there's a lot of similarities between that podcast and ours, but it's also different. You know, you guys we don't tend to cover the uh sort of the current events type topics where 
uh, more into um, our fandom topics and such, but you guys do cover similar topics to us. So if, mm-hmm. if uh, obviously, if you're into Star Wars and you're listening to this podcast, that's another uh, another awesome podcast uh, for you to give a list, listen to. So uh, go check out Carla on her podcast. Um, and we've got some interesting topics for tonight. Um, the first topic um, is, I think it was comes courtesy of Rodney. Rodney uh, had a desire to talk about this one, um, which is uh, costume malfunctions. Um, we all troop so much that it's inevitable that something's going to go wrong. Um, and often it's, at least in retrospect, kind of funny. Um, yeah, depending upon which ones we go, I mean, I hesitate. I almost, I almost wanted to say wardrobe malfunction, but I think the connotation under wardrobe malfunction implies that you know, like something was revealed. Oh my um, god, nip slip. Yeah. Which, I ha- which, I have a story. So, <laughs> <laughs> saddle up. Oh no, saddle that, up. that's one. That is one of my fears. I will. I never forget. Actually, one of the first times that I trooped w- with uh, Elena. Um, we were, uh, it was just the two of us, and uh, there was a little changing room back there, and uh, and, Wait, I, and I walked back. What's that? This what was when we did uh, Mind Fair. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, the wait. This is about me. No, it's not about you. Oh, okay. Not, wait, <laughs> Mind Fair. I'm trying to remember. Oh, wait. Oh, the I remember Minecraft now. Thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's all a blur sometimes, but okay. <laughs> I remember now. I, I was thinking of something else because that was going to be my story. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take your story. This is not even a <laughs> no, that no, story. No, you're but good, I you're just good. remember one of my. I just remember like we were just had this little changing room and and uh, it was just basically just draped like table. It wasn't even a something. room. It was just. No semi-transparent curtains yeah and all and all these minecraft think, kids wandering think around when you go and to I'm, a con they have like those black curtain dividers right. between boots that's what we had <laughs> yeah and i was just i just kept on like like looking to see if there was like a crack because the last thing i needed it was some little kid to walk by and just see my ass hanging out and i'm just oh, like yeah. oh. <laughs> that was a weird event for us because it, it was a, a minecraft convention full of these like prepubescent children running it, around it, with I, like boxes still don't on their heads it. and we're like what they, do they even know what star wars is like why are we here but you know what whatever it was fun it was, it was fun. So star fun, yeah. wars <laughs> um but rodney since you you brought this up i'm way too anxious to hear what you have to say um so why don't you go first bud well mine, mine are simple um uh, first of all i've helped albert kid up uh garden state uh toy the, the toy convention we always go to so I know you guys have like plates and undersuits and all this stuff. And like Jedi stuff is not that complicated. The only like main issue we usually have or we could have is the belts. And okay. me personally speaking, um, I had one. Actually, the last show we just did, I did a kick to end my fight. And my belt just pops off. Douche. <laughs> 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 like, oh, no, the Jedi. Bam. But it's like you know, it's not like pants are falling. You just throw that out there. But it's it's the Jedi belt. So, but you're looking very relaxed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I caught it quickly because I, I felt it detach. So, uh, the retaliation for the kick that I throw that causes it is a force push. So when I got the force push, I just doubled over and caught it, and then I did like wow. You know, I I stumble off stage, you know, so to speak, for the um for the fight transition. Yes, but acting. I felt it. And that you, you you know when something falls off your kit because <laughs> oh, you, yeah, you yeah. feel lighter yeah. in that area and it throws off your balance. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. 
See, I'm actually just envisioning this happening in universe, like some Jedi just out there and trying to do, you know, be all badass, and all of a sudden his belt just falls off. <laughs> <laughs> and all you hear is mwop. <laughs> yeah. Mwop. Come on, then. <laughs> That's the show we need, guys. We're looking for all these, like, big intense scenes, but we just need the, you know. But, I, I mean, know. what is their regard for their clothing? Because they love to just drop their robes anywhere. I mean, <laughs> That is true. I that mean, is I mean, true. let's be honest. Let's, just let's think back. Revenge of the Sith. Just imagine to come back to the Jedi Temple, and they're, like, re- like putting in a request for another robe. And they're like, again, dude, you can't just simply pick it up. Seriously. Seriously. That's what I'm saying. General Grievous' ship, they're like, Dooku, ugh, strip. That's <laughs> something we never actually see in the movies. Is you never see the Jedi put on the robe. And it's a pain in the I'll just flat out say it. I'm, oh, yeah. Like, like, oh, wait. I can't find the armhole. Can you, can you help me exactly. hold it? That does like, not look cool in the galaxy far, far away. <laughs> which is why you're like, never oh, wait. Oh, wait. It's inside out. I got to turn it right side out again. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason probably that they throw it off is because how funny. Let's think back again to Revenge of the Sith on General Grievous's ship. They're like, oh, Dooku. Wait, hold on. Can you help me take this off? I got to fold it real quick and put it. <laughs> Here, Palpy, Wait, can how, I put this on the back, back of your chair? That's always my question. Like, they take it off all the time, but then, like, at what point well, that's do what they Alfred go was and... That's saying. They're a dry-cleaning build, but it probably is non-existent because <laughs> they just keep ordering more robes. <laughs> no, right now, right now, like, the Jedi Temple is in debt for all the freaking cloaks they buy. Why did we spend there's, an extra $5,000 over time? robes? <laughs> then it's, like, in a hotel where, like, there's, like, service in all the Jedi quarters. So they open up the class and see how many robes are missing, and they just refill the missing two, so when they come back, they get another one. <laughs> You know, it's like, keep, like, you know, make the Jedi's bed. It's like, you know, when you're in a hotel on a cruise or something like that. Oh, he took five robes. Okay, we'll give him five more. You know, that, that's probably how the, the He's got a whole works. system figured out already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a great detour. Thank you for uh, indulging me on <laughs> on that. Um, but, but yeah, the, the the belt falling off. At least it's not the belt that's holding up your pants. We'll just no, put it that way. That's the saving grace. Yeah, <laughs> you guys got and you guys got armor. So I figured you guys would have some interesting uh, stories between uh, you and Albert. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll see. Albert, why don't you go, bud? So okay, so the biggest eh that happened when you're in full armor, guys, is when the certain part that like comes undone is a part where you have to take off a significant amount of the armor to put it back on. Right. <laughs> So in the case with my um, with my uh, oh, and especially when like something falls down and you you can't bend over to get it, it's like I need help, life alert. <laughs> uh, so so I was at Star Wars Celebration, and I was just simply walking around the convention, you know, doing you know this and that, taking photos, blah blah blah, right? And one of the uh one of the uh, parts that basically came undone was a snap a snap that holds my thigh armor uh to where it needs to be so I'm able to bend my knee or uh, 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 cuz if it's not there then it's gonna, it's basically I'm walking with a limp right so after a while uh I'm just like walking and I'm like man this hurts <laughs> <laughs> like and I'm, like I'm noticing like I'm trying to like lift up the the thigh armor cuz maybe it's just you know, just dragging a little bit, just gotta have to lift it up, and I'm good. And I don't, and I don't feel this like the the the, the strap that, that's holding it up. I'm like, oh no, I'm walking, and like eventually, like it, it starts to cut into like the back of my knee, uh, my knee. So I'm walking, and the thing is, is that I can't take this armor off by myself. 
And the the place where my bin is is in a room that I I don't even have the key card to. <laughs> so I'm like, oh no. Eventually, I found one of the people that like you know the bin's there and da, 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 and I was like, hey, do me a favor, please help me. <laughs> That's why we don't troop without a spotter. Yes, Always ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> follow the buddy system. Y- yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, and the, the, that's that's a tough one because you have you know chafing on a good day um, if you're in it long enough. Um, so there are definitely always little parts that hurt, um, but you know it's it's also like frustrating when you know something's wrong, not just that it's hurting you, but that like it's not where it's supposed to be, or like I don't know. I've had that problem with like sometimes like a piece will slip and then it gets on the wrong side. Like my shoulders in my FOTK. Sometimes it will slide underneath like the uh, the bicep. One of the, one of the things that one of the things is actually really really annoying uh, for us, you know, bucketheads, is that when we have our acre speakers in a specific area, usually around the chest, you know, inside the armor, and all of a sudden, like the feedback doesn't stop, and it's just a nonstop screeching going up your helmet, and just start echoing because it's bouncing off everything. Uh, You're like, oh no, I can't reach the speaker you're inside. Talking about the amplifier that your mic is attached to. Yeah. Gotcha. It's really annoying. Yeah. That's annoying yeah. for everyone though, because it's always it's obviously not those people's fault, but it's funny when we're all kidding up and getting ready for a troop, and somebody's yeah, I mean, amp starts going haywire, and everyone's like, ah, turn usually, that off. And usually, the person whose thing goes off, you can tell there's a, like a little bit of like embarrassment in their face. They're like. Oh crap! Oh, no. They're the they're the source of the nuisance, but uh, you can't be like mad at them because it's like not their fault. But it's, it's always just a funny experience because everyone immediately is like dagger what eyes the at the person, like <laughs> hissing at them. Because <laughs> it's like it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's oh, yeah, it's definitely one of those sounds. Um, Elena, what do you got for us? Um, so I don't know why it. I remember because when we brought this up and I was like, oh, like, I remember I had my elastic break in my lay address, so I kind of had to hike it up the whole troop. And I was like, that's a super lame story. But then I remembered. (laughs) I think it was the, I want to say Somerset Patriots. What's that baseball game that we did in Central? Yeah, that's one of them. Somerset. So um, I was doing Geonosis Padme, the full shebang, and (laughs) I had forgotten that the last time I had worn that costume, I was uh, trooping a few months prior in a, on a very humid day. And let me tell you, glue and humidity do not like each other. <laughs> so what had happened was the glue on my sh- the straps for my shin guards, because Padme has these really weird waffle-looking shin guards on her boots. <laughs> for those of you who don't like know the details about this costume and I had knelt down to talk to a little girl because you know I'm you know I'm taller than her so I had to kneel down to her level and I had I was sitting on the back of my leg and talking to her for a few minutes and when I came back up I felt my shin guard pop off and I touched the back of my thigh and there's glue residue so the glue had been melting I guess so I used glue to to put the velcro on the straps yeah so the glue and the like it was all just like going all over the place the velcro was popping off the and super glue when it's like sticky like that it never dries yeah. so i remember that day i i 
had driven like three hours out to this troop because it was a con and I threw it into my bin and just drove home and forgot about the costume. So I didn't fix all that. So at <laughs> the Patriots, the Somerset Patriots game, I pull out my shin guards and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and I'm like thinking, what the hell am I going to do? These sticky straps, excuse my French. Uh, so I ended up having to just cut them off because they were made of like this, this like pleather vinyl, and I ended up duct taping <laughs> the, the shin guard. <laughs> duct tape onto- is essential. I I remember Elena, you were like Carla, come help me tape my boots. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and everyone was looking at me like, uh, you good? And it was, it was just like <laughs> I, basically I made the duct tape as an extension of the strap because I had to cut them off, and you, if you looked behind me, you just saw these ugly gray strips. <laughs> straps quote unquote and i remember a couple times i had we had one of our spotters had to help me a few times because they kept popping off and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna cry this is the worst day of my life and but luckily padme has that that amazing cape thing that she shawl thing that she has so it kind of covered the back of my boots but i you know me being me a perfectionist i'm just constantly thinking about oh my god i'm literally duct taped together right now (laughs) this is (laughs) the worst so that's probably my worst trooping story. Um, I'm finishing up my first armored costume, so I'm sure I'll have plenty of stories in the future with that. But that is luck with the visibility. Oh, I've already fitted the. So I'm doing a tie pilot, and I just put the, I just in, I installed the headgear inside, and I was tr- testing it out. And I don't even have the, what is it called, the lenses in yet. And I'm like, oh god, this is gonna be terrible <laughs> no it's different it's, ra- it's very different it. I like a blind man walking with yep. these helmets sometimes yeah, but you, the, the one nice part about it is like if there's if it's not busy you can like close your eyes a little bit you know that's you the can. number one thing i'm looking nap. forward to is uh you know not being a face character and just kind of standing off to the side taking a little nap not having to smile all the time because sometimes when you you're just like smiling for two hours your face really hurts and you're like oh god the pain i'm betting you though the first few times you're gonna forget and you're just gonna be smiling on the things oh, while no. you're taking uh, a it's, picture it's, i noticed that <laughs> i i did my jaw off for the first time and i was smiling for photos and i'm thinking wait a minute why am i smiling <laughs> i was gonna <laughs> I say I, I still do it in the jawa because i'm so used to being in uh you know leia ray or whatever and i still do it in the jawa and then like mid troop i'm like wait you don't need to smile nobody can see you <laughs> yeah well I've, I've done it from day one and it's like one of those like just natural things that you do but at some point like in the middle of it sometimes you just become conscientious of it and you're like wait well, I don't have to smile. Yeah. I don't have to. <laughs> but we're happy doing it, so that's why we're always smiling. Yeah. Recall, on my first, on my first ever troop, there was a guy who that was the only time I saw him, and then never again. Um, <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he basically was a gunner, and we were at uh at uh Zapcom, which is a local comic book convention that's run by Mama Pa Shop. And uh, zap comics. Like, yeah. So you know he we're at the table we're manning it da 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 and he's sitting in you know the glorious you know costume that is gunners and t- uh, scout troopers you're able to sit. Um, so he sat down and like I'm sitting next to him and I legit hear snoring coming from his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> he literally knocked out and fell asleep. In, in I that. love that. What an icon. We stand yeah, this gunner. Cool. All right, now I'm I'm excited to hear yours, Carla, since you kind of teased it a little <laughs> bit. Let's see let's see what we get. So, <laughs> saddle up, y'all. 
So, well, I have, so I have two, so okay. I'll give you the less, uh, less juicier one first, but, uh, build up, build up. We, yes. uh, <laughs> so we did, um, it was the Glen Ridge library troop. Yeah. That was last summer. Um, oh, that's the one I slept through. <laughs> no you know what it is i put it on the wrong day and when people were like yeah what are you okay you didn't show up i was like wait i thought that was next week <laughs> um Please proceed, but sorry. this this actually happened it wasn't while i was in costume so i was um i had trooped in my a new hope leia um <gasps> with the with the I dress this now. Oh, no. and we're packing up and um you know, we're walking outside and it just so happened that it started to rain. So, you know, I'm dragging the bin and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like running to the car. And Oh, no, I remember this. And oh, no. oh. I uh, and I put so what I had done was I put the the dress um, in the garment bag. I like hung it on the handle of the bin and I was kind of like dragging it along as I was going to the car. So then I, you know picked it up, I put the bin and everything in the trunk, and I was like, alright, and then get back home. And then I go and I take everything out, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like, my garment bag is like all, like, wet and stuff. Oh, and no. then as I, like, you know, like, unfolded it, there's holes ripped oh. in it. And I'm like, mm. oh, my God. So, then I open the garment bag, and for a second, I'm like, oof, okay, we're good. Sure enough, I look at the bottom of the dress. It's torn to shreds. Oh, no. So it got caught in the wheel as I was dragging it to the car, and I didn't realize Pain. it. So I'm like, hyster- I'm hysterical. I'm like, oh my god, what am I gonna <laughs> do? Oh. I think it was my, I think it was my mom. She's like, it's okay, like it's just the dress. You'll get it fixed. I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> like freaking out. <laughs> But um, oh, I remember I, this now that they, you don't I the pain that I felt because I'm a fellow Leia, too. So it was like, you know, we're 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 connected in that sense. So when you sent me that <laughs> photo, I was like, oh, no. Just oh, yeah, that's no right. I, that. I think I, I think you were like one of the first people. I think it was like you and Naomi. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> uh, but um, it, it got fixed. Everything's repaired. So. She's yes. she's back. She's good. So she's back. <laughs> it's all she good. Ticked. Wait, h- yeah. how exactly did you fix it? I don't think I've ever heard um, heard how you did it. Well, she did. I, I well, sent yeah. it to um, Christine Evans. Um, she's an Echo Base. She made the dress. So I mm. was like, hey, like if I send this back, like can you do the repairs? Because yeah, I, I remember, I remember when I had initially <clears throat> first met her and we were talking about the Leia dress. She, I remembered her telling me about how she constructed it as the top part, and then it's a separate bottom piece. Yeah. So mm. she swapped out the bottom portion of the dress, so it wasn't like she had to completely remake it. Which yeah, thank okay, okay, God. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought it was all like one good. piece, really. Mine is, I think it just, it depends on how you make it. So like mine is like that. Um, but like I had remembered when I had talked to her, I was like, wait a minute. She constructs, she constructs it as like two separate pieces. There's a yeah, chance. She Carl- puts <laughs> a, she puts that elastic band in the waist. Mm-hmm. So, but it all worked out. Everything's good. So now I'm like super, wait, that wasn't super the worst, careful. That's not the worst story. Oh, wait. No. no, no, please, please, please. We need to hear the second one. <laughs> so, um, Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, and it was my debut of the Hutz Slayer Leia. 
And I'm like nervous enough as it is, like going out in this thing, you know, in front of anybody who wears that costume, you are brave, your highness. (laughs) (laughs) But but, yeah, so I was already like a nervous wreck because I'm like, oh my god, like I'm like pretty much like half naked in front of like all these people that I don't know. And um, hey guys, here's my sad boob. <laughs> What's up? So I'm just, you know, I'm making sure everything's, you know, secure and everything's tied tightly and, you know, the everything's ready to go. So, and you know, the whole day everything was fine, you know, nothing, you know, nothing happened. Um, but then it was when we got to the the Java um, set and I, I had missed the the group photo, but they were doing individual photos with the Java. Um, so I get up and I go up on the, you know, on the platform. And it was, um, I think her name is Beth. And her husband was taking the pictures and she would like set you up and she's like, okay, like make sure you sit like this so you get the pose down and everything. So I sat, you know, took the pictures. And then I remember like as I sat up to stand up again I just felt like air and breeze like on my butt and I was like oh that's weird so I stood up and turned around and Beth goes oh my god don't move (laughs) and she like took a blanket so like the strings that I have on the on the bottom uh the the plates for the bikini bottom they're leather straight like thin leather strings and I guess like the way basically (laughs) pretty much (laughs) so like I guess the way I sat like loosened up the one side and as I stood up it just like fell off and like I have I wear um I mean I wear underwear underneath um it's like you know like flesh colored um underwear so you know I'm not you know bear or anything like that but still air it out carla (laughs) so i stood up and i said like i just felt like air and she's like oh my god don't move so she got a blanket and she's like she's like your whole like bottom plate just like fell down and she helped me like tie it back up but i just remember looking up and they have like a um they have it roped off so you know people can get in line to take the picture but of course you have like the wall of like thirsty men that are like just staring at you and i'm like oh <laughs> my god this is i was like this is so like i was like this is so embarrassing i'm like but this is so funny like this would happen the first <laughs> time that i wear this but yeah so that's my that's my big uh malfunction that's, that's story <laughs> i love it yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's that's the that's the definition of wardrobe malfunction, right there. That's, right? that's so the, she she gets that that a little award tonight for yeah. wardrobe <laughs> malfunction. <laughs> well, Matt, All you're right. our final. Uh, I know I should have had I should have had I should have gone before Carla, um, but but I, I mean I, I'll, I'll make a story of it. Um, so my malfunction. Um, so we were at the uh, New Jersey Symphony Orchestra did like a sci-fi concert. Because we go there for other concerts, but this was just a sci-fi music concert. So there was like Star Trek music. Um, Marina Sirtis was there. This was a couple years ago. No, this is probably before my time. It might have been. I, I don't. I, the, <laughs> oh the, my the whole God. world Whatever. blends together right now. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but anyways, um, they they had we had me and one other stormtrooper, and Vader was there. And what they wanted to do 
which I don't think we're allowed to do anymore, or I'm not even sure if we were allowed to do it when we did it, but they wanted us to come out on stage. So, uh, so we, we had to go down there, but, um, we had to wait for them to take us down there to show it what, show us what it was so we could see what we needed to do. And they were running a little behind. So they brought us downstairs on stage, showed us what they wanted us to do. Um, it was a little bit, uh, questionable the area that they want us to walk on not for us but for vader to get there because he can't see anything um so there was a lot of questions so it took a little while and um by the time we got back upstairs to start gearing up we had like 10 minutes to gear up before everybody came out amazing um, great and and (laughs) and they didn't and and now rodney's been there now they let us up into that this room that you can change in but that room was under construction so we were on we were on the second floor, but we were out. So we had to be changed because guests were coming in. Oh, no. So I had about 10 minutes, which it usually takes about 20 to get into my There's a reason why we, we usually take an hour before a troop to gear up. <laughs> right. I can gear up fairly quickly, but, um, but, yeah, but still, you know, you know. 10 minutes is really tight to do yeah. it. Um, so anyways, I, so I knew I had no time. I ran there. I started putting on all my stuff. And I went and grabbed my uh, armor to put it on my chest piece, which is all connected. And I grabbed it by the shoulder strap. Um, and the shoulder strap snapped. No. Yep. It just snapped. It just snapped. And I was just like, <gasps> but luckily I had like it was hanging. It was kind of hanging on, but it was snapped. And I was able to like push it down and like had a little bit of tape to just have it there where to was like it broken was it like the the strap like, you know, itself or where it yeah the strap so like this so like if you're looking at the front of the tk at the top there those plastic straps that go yeah, back yeah. it it cracked like right where the plastic strap meets the the oh, chest plate Oh, no. And so it was, and it was, it was, yeah, it was straight across as hell. Cause like even my, yeah, no, people has... break them all the time. And it's, it's, I've learned a lot about how to de- how to deal with them. But, but anyways, um, so, uh, so yeah, I had to get that back on and like, I don't, I somehow I made it and I did get everything on there, but then I had to like, you know, then the repairs were major when I came back, um, when I had got it home. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was the, the, that whole. Tr- it's hard when you do when that happens too, because we're having a good time in the troop and everything. At the same time, I'm like really pissed that I just broke. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be like thinking the, about oh. that for the next few hours. <laughs> yeah, although we did meet we did meet um, Deanna Troy that day, so uh, that was okay. Awesome, um, nice. Yeah, that, well, my that, heart was, that was that that poor little flimsy strap. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? You know the plus side of it though, and, and, and I don't know if Albert can speak to this a little bit, but. Um, you know, it was the first time something major like that had happened on on one of my kits. But I I've since that's the same piece that's on there right now, and I since learned a bunch of techniques to fix it. Um, and you have to be really, really, really close, maybe maybe even like a couple inches away to even notice that it ever snapped. Um, so it was you know learning all these techniques to get it all back together. Um, and those are all those once you when you you know you're really pissed when you do it because it was the first major thing to snap. So at that point, I'm like. Oh, my whole kid is trashed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but but then you you know then I learned all the techniques on how to fix it and uh, not, don't get me wrong I bought backups but um, but I was able to fix it and I've trooped in it a ton of times since with it and nobody's ever noticed ever you can't you really can't tell so um, so yeah well, that was good. that was the plus size of it but but at the moment I was freaking out because I was like you know 
I didn't know if I, you know, I, well, the kit that I have is hard to get replacement parts for. So, and, and you'd think like, well, you can just get it from another company, but the, the whites don't match. So if you get it from one company to another, the colors right. don't match yeah. up. And, and those ones aren't painted. Like some of the ones that are painted, um, then it's okay. But the TKs tend not to be ca- painted. So, um, and I, I, you know, to have to paint a whole kit is a pain in the butt. So thank goodness. Um, it, it, it's back together and all Yay. and all together. But, <laughs> Question um, for you: Between you, you and know, you and Albert, which of your buckets is like the worst to see out of? The worst to see. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I I mean, I don't know what it's like to look out of a clone helmet. Uh, the worst thing is actually the the worst thing that happened to me wearing my helmet was not that it was hard to see, but that I was at a troop and right before it started, my uh, <laughs> fan died. And so the fan in those helmets, in mine at least, is what keeps it from fogging up. So it fogged up, and I literally was blind the whole time; like I couldn't see anything. And I was, and I was, and it was, and it was my aunt had requested us, so I had to be there. <laughs> so I'm out there wandering, and I'm just like, I see just blobs of people, like, and you know, little kids. I'm like, I, I don't know if you're there or not. I have no idea. Start yeah. swinging your your E eleven and move. <laughs> Be gone. <laughs> yeah. So that's where you, that, that's what you boy, just get a lot of taps on the shoulder. Hey, uh, somebody wants to take a picture with you. Oh, great! Hey, Which you, way am I looking? Point me. Point wall, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What do you say, Albert? Uh, TK. TK is harder. TK. Yeah. Because the thing is with so in case anyone doesn't really know. I have a uh, Imperial Tank Trooper, uh, ATACT, which is basically a short trooper helmet, uh, and uh, a, a TK Stormtrooper, and my uh, animated Phase One uh, helmet, uh, clone helmet, right? And the thing with uh, everything besides the Stormtrooper is that the middle portion uh, you can see, whereas on a Stormtrooper, it's like two eyeballs. I guess I, I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know you're thinking of like the Boba Fett visor type thing yeah, where you can so, see out the, the middle. Yeah. Visor, yeah, yeah. So basically, when you when you're walking around with a uh, stormtrooper, basically you you're looking around as if you're like a bird. Like you always got to give it a side view in order to actually really see it well. Uh, because it's it's the lenses are wider, uh, you know, further apart from the center of your eyes. Mm-hmm. But like you're always constantly have to look that way. Uh, it depends on your maker too, and all that stuff a little yeah, bit there, yeah. but but for me, it's just I don't know. You get you get used to them though. Yeah, uh, you get ju- used to it, but yeah. like like, but it's sort of annoying. I will say that out of all my helmets, the one that I enjoy the most wearing because the visibility is just no problem at all is the uh, ATACT helmet. Uh, yeah. But the uh, but another problem with it though is that like I. I need to get smaller fans for this helmet because if I put them on, like they're always like rubbing uh, against my cheeks, and I have facial hair, so like sometimes it gets stuck there oh, good and Lord. it hurts. Mm. Um, so I typically like run that helmet without it, and it fogs up so bad, so so bad. Yeah, well, most I think most helmets do really. I mean, uh. I don't know anyone who has not complained about fogging. Yeah, I mean, if I have the, the the drawback of having the fans, the fans work beautifully. If I have my fans on, I don't fog up at all, but then you can't hear anything. 
So it's just like, but it's better. It is better to see than to hear um, for Mm -hmm. the most part, although you really can't see anything below like normal eye level. So kids come up all the time and are like poking you. You can't see them. Yeah. You see me. (laughs) Well, I'm going to I'm going to end this topic on one other story that I don't know a lot about. So I can just tell a short version of it is. But I do know somebody in their um, Darth Vader armor who um, was walking, tripped, and did a face plant in their Darth Vader. <gasps> oh. the, the, the cape or just... I, I, honestly, it was a long time ago that I heard this story, but I just figured I'd bring it up that, like, it can go real bad real quick. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> that's like that the R2-D2 that, uh, was it in Japan or something, that fell off the stage... Uh, no, I don't know this one. Oh man, that's terrible. You didn't terrible. see there was like a video going around. Oh, was uh, there? I missed it. Like a few months ago, and uh, it was like some press—maybe not a press thing. It was like some kind of event, and they had R two D two on the stage, and he just goes full, like full force, like f- straight ahead, and yeeted right off the stage, face <laughs> first, and just like the head <laughs> popped off, and it was like. Ugh! And I remember when that that video was going around, like all the droid builders and people in the Legion were like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Oh my god!" My wallet just quaked. <laughs> oh man, but. I yeah, I don't, I yeah, no, the the yeah, I don't even really want to hear stories like that. So uh, yeah, but anyways, we'll we'll end this topic on that note. Um, but before we discuss the main topic, let's have a word from the IHOP Network. Hey everybody, I'm Steve. I'm Joe. I'm Mike. I'm Seth. And we're Dinner and a Podcast, and you're listening to the International House of Podcast Network. Okay, so now for the main topic today. Um, we're, so we were kind of a little silly and goofy in the uh, first half, but now for this topic, um, we're, we're going to get a little bit uh, serious, darker. Maybe it's not dark, because we can, we can, you know, it's not the dark side necessarily, but... Um, we're going to talk about the morality of uh, manufacturing a clone army. Um, and um, we'll, see, we'll see how deep this gets. Uh, this, could de- <laughs> this could take us down some weird paths. I think it's um, cool. <laughs> yeah, the clone. Yes, thank you for birthing me. Um, um, but uh, I really wanted to start with you, Elena. See what uh, where you were going with this in your head, since you uh, since you said oh. you took a ethics course. Um, see where where uh, what you saw with it. Well, okay. So I was actually I mentioned this was uh, off. Uh, not, I was about to say off camera, but like off mic. But um, I was actually saying I only took one ethics course, so I had to do. A little, <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a little prep for this episode to kind of get my ducks in order to talk about this. Um, wait, did you introduce the topic? No, not yet. You just kind of teased it. So we're gonna just kind of dive in a little bit about. Um, efficacy and uh, I guess just. You know, what rights did the clones have? What did they deserve? Kind of thing, I guess. I don't even know how, what would be a great way to summarize it. Because it's such a. I I think we can talk about it from two different perspectives. So we can talk about it from the, you know, so there's two sort of things. Like, should, is there a morality of actually creating this clone army? And then once you've created it, what what is the morality of giving these clones rights? Right? You know what I yeah. mean? Well, so, so we can uh, we can start by looking at 
the fact that uh, at the fact actually so you can define it different ways but i think at the end of the day the clones were kind of slaves <laughs> uh to be honest maybe maybe not so much because they didn't have uh they kind of lacked that free will that i guess a normal intelligent self-aware person would have because they were programmed so to speak genetically to be loyal to the republic um they were owned they it's, well, it's more than genetically actually too but that's a separate issue so through conditioning uh right. as well, well uh, also the chip i was just thinking of the chips but but yeah i think the chip they they when they were saying that the inhibitor chip was for compliance i think it was that it was in there as like a fail safe or like they could activate it to if like clone was out of line i don't think their the the chip itself was actually doing anything throughout the course of their life i think they were saying like oh yeah it's to keep make sure that you know clones stay you know in check but i think they were just kind of saying that to hide the real yeah. reason yeah i mean yeah i don't i don't know anymore about that either way but we can kind of assume that obviously it, it yeah we know what we know from point. what they revealed so, um yeah. but uh so we know from the uh the lost missions that uh they even had like a dispute about who owned the clones when uh fives got sick and the republic and the kaminoans were butting heads about who had jurisdiction so in that sense did the clones deserve rights if they were basically just domesticated animals so to speak that's yeah i, I mean guess, the way you're describing it there is 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 your right like a slave like property if if you're debating who and i guess and and i guess the reason why we even bring this up because you look at the facts like that then it's a you know it's like no they didn't because they were just they were just pawns but we do see in the clone wars that um you know i've said this many times before and <laughs> i'm sure people are like oh we get it they you know the clone wars humanized them we saw that they were men under those helmets you know they may have looked the same but they all had personalities they had you know they had tattoos on their face they you know died and cut their hair differently they painted their kits a certain way you know like the different battalions um I think the best example would be Captain Rex. You see him, uh, you know, his thought process and his, uh, I guess, morality, I don't know, whatever, shift throughout the Clone Wars. Because through experience, I think that's the biggest thing that kind of affected the clones in terms of their, their thinking. But again, at the end of the day, you know, what defines uh, as, a, you know, it's funny because in the Republic, they outlawed slavery, right? But how is this, like, different? So I guess we can kind of kickstart from there if somebody wants to bid. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, and I can phrase the question like this in, in a slightly different way. But um, I guess the morality can be looked at slightly differently if you think about... Um, and it, it different than than the uh, I guess we could compare it to the droid army, but um, you know if you're trying to argue, well, in what way do you want to compare it to the droid army? Well, oh, uh, well, let me get to that in a second. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 here's here's what I say: they were made to be uh, soldiers. So instead of yeah. the general public fighting in the war, you've got these 
people, it's people, but in this case, that's where it relates to the droid army. These things were created to fight the war. That's what their purpose was. And so, you know, I guess that, that I, I mean, I have my own opinions on it, but I guess there's, that's where you kind of can equate them in that, you know, instead of the general public going out and fighting this war, we've created these people to fight the war on behalf of the general citizenship. I don't know if that kind of... Well, I mean, that's like an ideal way of looking at it, but at the end of the day, like, they didn't even know that they had this army. You know, it was commissioned basically by a paranoid, you know, ex-Jedi because he, you know, he had foreseen, uh, or foreseen the, uh, the war, essentially. So that's an ideal way of looking at it, but... They were just kind of like, oh, we have these warriors, I guess. Let's use them. <laughs> sort, of, sort of. Albert, you sound like you're ready to chime in. Chime in, bud. Uh, you know, at, th- at this point, I want to see what everyone else thinks before I chime in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a cop-out. Come on. No, no, All right. No. All right, Ro- Rodney, oh, then no. you give us your... <laughs> I, phased the, I phased the question to myself in a way of like, what if the war ended? How would they be treated? Um, there were some people in the galaxy that made it known that they didn't ask for a clone army, they didn't want a clone army, and um, obviously the funding for it had to come some from someplace, so I'm assuming the Galactic Republic was taking it out of taxes and stuff, right? So Actually, that's a good question, right? If Sifo-Dyas commissioned it, but the Jedi Council didn't know anything about it, for okay, that's that, that, that's a side <laughs> thing. That was, that was just something you brought He's up. I'm like, I didn't think about that. <laughs> well, I would think that from, from a, a, a per, of a from the perspective of a person in the galaxy, the government has an army. We're paying for it with our tax money. You know what I mean? Like, if you can right. taxate trade routes, there's a system like that in in Star Wars. So I would think that like they would be treated as a subspecies almost because well, they kind of are. I mean, especially by a lot of like. Not by a lot, but there are definitely like uh, some Jedi that didn't acknowledge I'm, them. I'm not as even people. talking about. I'm not even talking about like Jedi. I'm, I'm talking more about like the the people of the Republic, because like. Oh yeah, I mean in the Senate, like when they were like, "Oh yeah, let's just get some more clones." Like you know, let's order some more pancakes. Like that's kind of what they. Were, like, yeah, that's, just, that's how it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, which goes back to um, the idea that you know their property, they were created for this purpose. It's, right. Yeah. There's no denying that that that's yeah. how that's and what they were. I, I think that's how the galaxy would treat them if the war had ended, because like we would have a. I'm assuming that we would have some sort of galactic security force afterwards. But if you got nobody to fight, everybody's just around. And I think that like I also too, uh, going back to the in- inhibitor chip, I think the inhibitor chip did a lot more than we may be thinking, because yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, and in and, and the back of my mind, like since we're talking about it, something would tell me that they would try to suppress like a, not a lot of the natural instincts of a warrior man. And you wouldn't want him to go out and seek the other things that interest uh, an able-bodied person in, in the galaxy. So you want him to remain loyal. Um, I think that they didn't really want him to have the same instinct that Jango had to like, procreate and have more of us. You know what I'm saying? Like that was a very dangerous thought that I think a lot of the um, programming in the, in the, in the inhibitor chip was a lot more behavioral than we may even get credit. 
Um, it's hard. To, I'm gonna say it's hard to say. There are examples in the Clone Wars of clones who um, were not part of the armory. I'm thinking of the Deserter episode. I forget what the clone was named. Was it? Was that? He was a farmer, right? Yeah, yeah. it was Cut Queen. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, and he and he was choosing to be with that family um, rather than fight, and think- and there was a whole debate on that. I think that's actually his family. Like those are his kids. Yes, if I remember correctly. Like yeah, he yeah, created. Yeah. yeah, he created those. Um, and uh, he so... created those. Yeah, those things. <laughs> I, I I don't know where my head went on there. I was thinking of something else. You're right. That, that was... and that that's actually one of the things that kind of plays uh, a really interesting part towards uh, Captain Rex's thought process. Um, where he at the this is towards the beginning. Uh, of the series where, you know, he's like, oh, like, you know, you're a deserter. I have to report you. But I think Captain Rex from the later seasons would have been different because through experience, especially after the Umbara arc, I think he's definitely had a change of heart. So I think that even though they are um, bred and conditioned, uh the way they are to be compliant and loyal. I think that um, through their experiences and the fact that they are intelligent, they do develop some, uh, you know, as they were saying like, oh, the Jedi encourage creative thinking and that they, um, they do start kind of like, not questioning, but they are aware of what they're doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Uh, what do you think, Carla? So, my my psychology brain is, you know, <laughs> it's, it's turning right now. Um, I try to think of it, like, because um, in my undergraduate, I took a social psychology class. So, I'm kind of, like, looking at it from that perspective in that, you know, they're all, you know, they're, they're the clones. They're all the same physically on the outside. But, you know, there's, there's always that um that human nature that creeps in and you know even though they are proud of who they are and you know we're you know we're we're clones we we're brothers you know we fight together but there's always that that part of the human you know the human nature that wants to be unique and different and stand out that's you know that's part of what makes each of them different um and does make them, you know, very human, even though they literally are all copies of each other. Um, so that's kind of like the perspective that I take about it. Um, but, you know, as far as like rights and everything like that, I mean, um, it almost kind of reminds me of like, you know, in, in the real world, like you think about veterans, you know, they go off, they fight for us, and then they come back, and then they're kind of just like thrown to the wayside, like nobody really cares um you know yeah like you fought our war like now it's just like all right we're done with you you're just thrown to the side like you know thanks (laughs) here's you know here's a handshake and a medal thanks (laughs) you know now you're just forgotten but But the clones don't even get that like they don't even you know yeah exactly when i was approaching this topic i was like thinking you know the similarities between uh, clone troopers and stormtroopers and you know stormtroopers you know when you watch them in the original trilogy they seem very you know almost robotic but 
they do have a little bit of that humanity creep out like you hear uh in a new hope when they're like oh must be another drill like they're kind of you know just having some banter on the side so like you know there's people in there but also oh, those, they get paid those, <laughs> so those and the don't those stormtroopers that are in New Hope uh, on the Death Star, those are actual clones. Uh, I don't think so. They're, I don't. They're, yeah, they're, they're they're clones. I think they were phased uh, out. So. Yeah. Like, no, no, they, very... they, they, they were clone. The five hundred first, you know, obviously became Vader's fist, and they all served. Well, most of them served on the. Did the you Death read Star. the Darth Vader comics? <sighs> <laughs> yeah. I, I distinctly, I think, read about that they were either phased out and then the, the, let me, the let me, Vader's let me double fist check this. didn't last right. very long. Right, and I'm thinking about this, Rex and those guys that left. Legends. Uh, that might be that might be what you're thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because there's actually, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff in Legends that I'm not very familiar with, but I know I know of and I've heard of that would be interesting to contribute to this but wouldn't be very relevant considering we are talking about the current canon i mean we can talk about uh i don't know how to pronounce her name uh itain ter mukan mukan she was a jedi that had a relationship with the like a commando republic commando she even had like a kid with him or something Hmm. like there's you know there's there's stuff that happens in legends but um well, I also think of the practicality. If they're aged, accelerated, by the time the Death Star is there... Um, exactly, and that's why... They're going to be pretty old. <laughs> yeah. That's so. why that the canonization of, of Rex on Endor was always so weird to me, because he'd have to be old as crap. <laughs> <laughs> He's practically dust on Endor. But I think... Th- I don't know if they ever explained that. They might have, because it was always something I, I had a question about. But... Um, I mean, that's kind of besides the point anyway, but Imperial Stormtroopers and those, you know, even they're kind of like the low, they're low on the totem pole, they get paid. So they're, you know, serving the Empire and at least they're getting a paycheck while the clone troopers kind of like don't have a choice. But at the same time, you know, this is what they're bred for. And I think, I don't know if they like ever talk about it in the show, but I I think I remember them saying something like, oh, like what's going to happen after the war? And it's like, I don't know. Because that's this is their life, yeah. And they're almost not to say happy to do it because they're, you can't be happy about you know losing your brothers and stuff. But you know what? This is what they do. This is what they were bred for. So in a way, that's their life. They have a direction and a purpose. Um, but to kind of maybe even reiterate what I was talking about before, like does their ability to come to terms with their you know conditioning uh, and the training that they went through and and essentially their purpose in life to fight like what they what they've been bred to do does that reinforce their individuality does that like kind of reinforce that you know what i'm saying yeah i mean mm-hmm. i'm sure we can go on forever with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, round I mean, round I, yeah yeah i mean i think i think that you know it's uh, it it's difficult in a way to think about it because um i mean i guess that's why our own society grapples with the morality of cloning um not even just cloning you think about like euthanasia or like uh what is it like medical not not to say suicide but you know like when people yeah uh, yeah yeah 
But um, like they like when they were talking about like eliminating fives, like is that ethical? Like you know. But and it's yeah, like I mean, it's like maybe what it's is, two what different defines, questions. It's it's what, whether what, the, whether what should be ethical people, and, essentially like, uh, you know, humans are you know intelligent, self aware, and conscious. Um, but then again, remember I was saying before, like, do they really have like free will? So it, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it, you you could debate that. I mean, they have free will in terms of like what they're doing in the moment, but they don't have freedom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, they have the free will to express themselves differently. You know. Um, that's <laughs> I think it's just their their existence is based off purpose, and that's well, and that's what I was saying. Like, that they were is, is there like is them like accepting that and being like, yeah, this is what we do. This is our thing. Like. Is does that kind of like give them that like f- is that their free will? I don't know. I feel like you know what too. If Padme didn't have a bigger fish to fry in the Senate, she would one hundred be one hundred percent be one of the people like, yo, these clones need some rights, y'all. Like, let's start <laughs> a panel on this. Like, she totally would. I mean, listen, if the Jedi, like the Jedi were not only encouraging that creative thinking, but like calling them by their names and stuff and treating them like people. I mean, obviously they're not politicians, so they wouldn't have that much sway, but if they didn't, if they didn't have to worry about a war, literal like giant war going on, I feel like they probably would have rectified that in some way, which is unfortunate, but. Well, and what was, so here's another question. Why, why were the Jedi okay with the clones? Because if we're having this conversation and we're kind of talking about the morality of how they were treated, um, and it seems like we're kind of in agreement that, uh, to a large extent, the, their treatment was as more of property than you'd like a person to be treated at, at any rate. Why Why do you think the Jedi were okay with the, them, their, them being used? I think the Jedi understood their purpose. And... Yeah. I was going to kind of say, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think, it, like, okay, let's take the slavery uh, equation out of it for a second. These clones were well aware of the world around them. They knew that there was other things to do in this world other than fight a clone army. I'm not saying that they could have chosen not to, but your average person would have, and like, yo, like this is crazy. I'm gonna go live on Felucia and look at glowing plants. <laughs> you know, these guys had purpose, and they were they were bred and trained and conditioned to fulfill that purpose. So I think that the Jedi would would be the most understanding of that, being that they commit themselves to the Order in such a way, to where you know, that's like, oh, true. Especially yeah. when uh, Episode Three, I think, when. Um, Anakin's like, I want to go back and help him. And uh, Obi Wan's like, No, they're doing their job, so we could do ours. Like they, they, well, the majority of the Jedi understood that this is why they're here. Let's get this done. And you know, I care about you, but you're also a life form created for this. So you, ha- you're a tool. It's 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 kind of sad to like dem- uh, demean someone, someone's existing like existence like that. But if they're comfortable with it. And the world and the, and the universe understood that this is what you're here for. Nobody's going to bat an eye. I, I think, but uh, I think that also kind of 
this is touching on a topic we've already discussed, but that I think also still kind of plays into kind of the fall of the Jedi, where they um, lost their sense of direction with the war. Um, and I think when Obi-Wan does say that, was that in the movie? Yeah, yeah. So when they're, so, when they're flying into Grievous' ship to get the, to rescue Palpatine, it's during that the big space battle. That always bothered me a little because... I, the animated series obviously came after the movies, but I feel like that's a different Obi-Wan than the Obi-Wan they portray in Clone Wars. So that part actually annoyed me a little bit <laughs> or annoys me every time I watch it because you thought it was in, out of character. It does because in Clone Wars, I, you know, he definitely does have a relationship with Cody mm -hmm. and his battalion. That's a little bit closer than him going, Oh, you know, they're, they're doing their job. Like he, he you know, Clone Wars Obi Wan would would be a little bit like, I don't know. That's that's just me. I see what you said. I see what you said. Yeah, I, I get it. But so. but what you were saying about you know them you know recognizing that the clones uh, were there and they had a you know they, they have a purpose, kind of like the Jedi, I think in the way that they can almost even relate to that. Uh, but again, too, if I feel like if the war wasn't happening they would kind of have a <laughs> have a second to take a step back and be like um this doesn't seem very uh, kosher so you think that they would uh, petition or try to seek shutting down the Kaminoans? cuz like it seemed like that to like not um, not so much was normal. Uh, i don't know well, like, wasn't, that's that's the thing it's not, like a service uh, hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean like it it's it's introduced in because two. they are made for like in reaction to war. So if there was no war, then they wouldn't be made. Well, then so, okay. If I see what you're saying, although what the heck were they doing before the war? Like exactly, I was about to ask you. So what would be the purpose of cloning before that? Like if because, you factory workers, uh, you know, yeah, they take long enough to grow. You know, well, let's let's say you need factory workers, or you, you need we'll just get a droid for that. What's 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 the guy who runs the diner? Dex. Yeah, yeah. Dex Jedi. Uh, he Jedi. like knew about the Kaminoans and like he calls them them cloners. So it's like it begs the question: like, what have they been doing? Like, before? Yeah, like it, maybe maybe they're. Well, they, it sounds like they take orders. So whatever you need clones for. <laughs> yeah, and like there, there was no real reaction from anybody else of like clones. Like that's that's real. Like we if we said somebody was going to be cloned, you're like yeah, you're crazy. This is not impossible. But these guys didn't bat an eye at the concept of of cloning people. It was just that it was done without them, you know, knowing, and now they got. And we could dive that. into that as its own topic because it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, I can understand like cloning, you know, a handful of people, but they're cloning a crap ton of people, and not only that, but they have the facility for it. Yeah, they're and turning them out. The <laughs> like McDonald's hamburgers, man. Seriously, like. <laughs> well, they had a whole, you know, whole factory going, and the, you know, they they were showing like them when they were training them and stuff, and like they have all this like. In their in their facility, and it's it's like is that brain spanking new? Like you guys got a grant or something, and you're you know giving the new tech like a test drive, or have you guys pumped out an army before? Like what what's yeah, the deal? Point. Yeah, what's exactly. the deal, yo? I I think that that is the uh, next Disney Plus series. <laughs> the Kaminoans. Uh, how to train your clone? <laughs> hey Matt, yeah. do you remember um, Liquid Television on MTV? Yes. Remember Eon yes. Flux? 
Yes. So you yeah. could you could do a show like that, like stories from uh, Camino, and then have just like disposable characters, just because you know they're clones. Who cares? You know, uh, they'll have yeah. their they'll have their adventure, and then they could die at the end, like Homegirl from Eon Flux. <laughs> and then you, you don't have, you don't have to worry about continuity. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> just have these little one off <laughs> stories out the window. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, I was, I was, I was remember I was trying to remember. Yeah, but yes, I do remember that one. There. All right, Albert. We've given you time to uh, to uh, hear w- what we're saying. What do you, wh- what does the actual clone have to uh, add to this? The actual clone that has to add to this. Okay. So everyone made good points. Um, you know, everyone. You know, again, good points. The whole the whole thing with the clones' rights and everything is that, by all means, they were property of the Republic. Um, since you know they were essentially bought, so it, it is it is slavery in in a sense. But the clones, they all they grew up with uh, was basically their training and that they were going to fight for the Republic. You know, you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna like. You know, holds peace and stability. You know, for the republic and everything like that. So, being born and only having that sole purpose, you know, that's all you have, and you're not really going to question it. And it's not so much that the inhibitor chip is something that prevents them from doing that free thinking, because you have instances where Cut Laquane, you know, stopped and realized, like, oh, you know, I found a, a peaceful life. You know, I have a wife and kids. You know, this this is what I'm gonna do. You know, like stay. You know, to stay away from the war. And to you know, to clones, that's that's a blasphemously. You know, like with Rex basically going, oh, you know, I'm gonna I'm turn you in because you know, how dare you? You know, you're supposed to be uh, back with us. You know, fighting the good war. And you know, Rex, you see him start to question things. You know, with the Umbara arc when Fives died, and everything. Um, people were saying, oh, but without the inhibitor chip, these uh, chips, these clones go insane because it'll happen. What happened to Fives? No, Fives was under uh, some anesthetics and he was like in utter shock because he actually found out from Palpatine himself what the whole purpose of the uh, inhibitor chips are. And that's basically to follow any order. Well, not any order, but like the sp- specifically follow Order 66 without questioning it. Um, and. Again, they, they didn't necessarily have any, like, real rights, and they were always kind of looked at like, you know, like an outcast kind of thing. Because they had their own clone bar, in, in a sense. <laughs> you know? That, that exists. And the, heck, and the <laughs> fact that they had, like, uh, their equivalent of, like, uh, cocktail girls or something in the bar, yeah. too, that they were Whoa, flirting wait, with what? is, like... <laughs> oh yeah. You never noticed that? I don't remember this episode. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about. I always noticed that. I was like, <laughs> it, it, it was it was doing the fives arc where fives goes to the clone bar. Like, did you just see all these guys? And it's like funny as hell. But anyway, so um, you know they have their own clone bar, uh, bar, and you have people who always come up to them, not come up to them, but every single time they appear, you know, without you know their clone armor or whatever, and it's just them. They're like, oh, it's a clone. Like for example, um, going to you know Star Wars Rebels. When you know there, uh, Ezra was basically telling uh, um, uh, Rex his uh, ID number, and he's like, "Oh, I haven't heard that stuff in a while." And everybody's like, "Oh crap, it's clones!" You know? Um, Wait, and, I don't remember this. Yeah, well, well the, but that was only because because of Kanan. Well, Kanan uh, had a very yeah. uh, right. like 
he had a good reason to be very yeah uh, they they yeah very they cold killed, to they Rex. killed his they killed his master and they killed yeah they they were killing all the jedi exactly <laughs> going back so going even further in, in, in star wars rebels when uh rex gets caught by the uh i forgot what imperial uh uh admiral admiral or uh guy who basically runs the ship um you know like said like oh hey you know you can be proud you know you know your clones were obsolete but you know you can wear that armor you know be proud for what you stand for and everything like that it's like oh you know i'm not gonna you know serve the uh the empire because my allegiance is to the republic and he goes well that's the basis of what your uh, your people your kind doesn't say you know anything else is like your kind established to bring and you know, it's it's like you know they were they were just they were just property because like I, I was going looking over some stuff right just now, um, just to make sure that like I wasn't like pulling something out of my butt when it came to basically the five of first serving on the uh, on the Death Star and stuff like that. It did they did serve? They did, but not there. up until the time of A New Hope. No, there were there was definitely some uh, some clones there. And mm, they'd probably be too old, I think, though, to be stormtroopers. Yeah, but um, going a little, <laughs> going a little further okay. though. Um, yeah, because I'm I'm reading right here: Five of First Legion, Storm, Tentative Four, and Captured Princess uh, Leia of Alderaan. Um, this is canon. It doesn't specify whether or not it's canon, but I don't know. Let's not. Worry. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so anyways, blah blah blah. Uh, at one point, when they were fa- they were phasing out, you know, phase two armor to give start giving some of these people um, uh, actual stormtrooper armor, they you know all that individualism that they had during the Clone Wars with their custom paint schemes on their uh, their suits and all that good stuff that became no more as everyone started wearing just white, and that was to basically uh, kind of like like oh, there's no more individualism, you know, you guys are just what you are. You know, and you're serving the Empire now and stuff. Um, and, and, like, again, they were just property. I mean, they had, their, they had you know, their rights as in, like, they had their R&R down, downtimes. They can do whatever they want. But ultimately, to leave the army, uh, I don't think they, they were actually ever given the, um, that choice, you know, willingly. Unless they sought it out themselves and they uh, defected. Well, listen, we're um, just about out of time, but I kind of wanted to end it a little bit with this, which is the one thing that we kind of have left out of this whole conversation, which is that the real person controlling all of this was Palpatine. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, so that it is it is almost a symbol of the dark side to have a clone army, something that, um, like like you said, um, in the society that we live in would probably be considered an amoral thing to do or immoral, not amoral. Um, and, uh, you know, so, uh, so I think that that's always something to kind of take into account that, um, that the dark side was controlling, um, the clones, even though the the clones were on the side of the Republic, um, initially that they were really tools of the dark side. Um, and yeah. Um, so anyways, I want to... I want to thank everybody for an awesome conversation. As always, um, the the first half was definitely lighter than the second half, um, which is uh, which is all good. You know, we like to to dive into both aspects of it: the fun aspects and the things that get a little bit uh, deeper. Um, we warmed all you up, and then we were like, "Downhill, <laughs> let's go." 
<laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Elena, do you want to tell everybody where they can uh, reach you? You can find me on Instagram at Elena underscore strikes. Seek out all my other social media in my bio. And Albert? You can find me on Instagram via cc underscore 22795. Cool. And Rodney? I'm on Instagram as lord underscore dread, D-R-E-A-D. And I want to give a special thank you to Carla for coming on to the podcast. Um, we've we've talked about this for a little while now, but it's awesome to have you on. Um, yeah. Thanks for thanks for telling your amazing um, job of the hut um, <laughs> mishap story. That was that was a fabulous one. I hadn't heard that one before. Um, so if people yeah. want to get in touch with you and the, your podcast, um, what are the best ways to do that? Sure. Um, so I am on Instagram at Carla Marie Jack. So it's Carla Marie G I A C. And then if you would like to follow our podcast, it's um, WSTR Media, all lowercase. And that's on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then you can also search WSTR Galactic Public Access on Facebook as well. Um, awesome. And um, I was really glad to have come on and. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks so for much. having me, and I. It was a pleasure. I loved. I hope to. About your yeah. I hope to come. I hope to join you guys again. That would be. That would be yes, fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Thank you so much. Um, and I'll give my random uh, place to find me at BMTN one 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 one, and uh, of course, as I always say, it's better to get me on our own social media, which is you can either email us at the Wills Podcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram or Twitter at the wills pod or search for um voice of the wills on uh facebook Um, but thank you guys as always and we'll talk to you next time